If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a very good Erev Shabbos to all of you, and a very good Chaydish to all of you. And what a new month it is, the month of Kislev. A month that is filled with joy, with miracles, with excitement. A month that talks to us about Jewish history. A month that talks to us about Jewish destiny. It's a month that talks to us about rebirth, regeneration. It talks to us about how things can seem so bad, so terrible. All is lost. And a handful of people transform the tragedy into an incredible miracle that is celebrated with Hallel, with all sorts of exciting things, of course, the menorah, of course, lighting candles, of course, Hanukkah, Gelta, and Latkes. It's a festival that talks to us on so many different levels. And this is Rosh Chodesh, the day that ushers in this incredible month, a time that we have to reflect upon who and what we are, where we come from, and why we do what we do, why we behave the way we behave, why we have this incredible passion and dedication to a legacy that is thousands of years old. People look at us and wonder, what is it with these people? What is it with these Jewish people believing in an invisible God, not having, well, for centuries, not having their own homeland, a place that talks to us about, well, the future, the past, talks to us about what turns us into the unique people that we are, and we indeed are a unique people. We'll talk about that a bit later, a bit more, but I want to first of all give a report of my visit to New York last week. Of course, my show last week was re pre recorded. And I told you that I would be away at the annual Kinus HaShaluchim, the conference of the Rebbe's emissaries, the international conference that took place this past weekend in Brooklyn, New York. And what an event it was. More people than ever, thousands, over 5,000 shluchim come together. And you have to realize, as I emphasized last week, this is not well, the entire Chabad community, each one of these shluchim have large communities back home, and not all the shluchim come. I would say perhaps 70% of the shluchim come. Others have to remain home, take care of their responsibilities and duties, or for whatever reason they can't travel. But it's an enormous event representing each and every single country in the world, wherever there is a Jewish community. One of the highlights of the banquet is the roll call, where the chairman of the event stands up and actually calls out the countries and the shluchim that represent those countries, that talks to us about this huge, huge community, international community, to the most faraway places throughout Africa, throughout the Far East, of course, North America, South America, Australasia, wherever you go in the world, wherever there is a Jewish community, big or small, there is a Chabad house and a Chabad representative. Because this was the vision of the Rebbe. The vision of the Rebbe was not to build an empire. The vision of the Rebbe was not to have thousands of Chabad houses throughout the world and say, 
say what a wonderful organization this is. The vision of the Rebbe was to reach out to each and every single Jew, wherever he or she may be, in whatever circumstances, distant, close, geographically, socially, spiritually, to reach out and to talk to each and every single Jew of how important they are, how important they are to the overall structure of God's creation, how important they are to the destiny and history of the Jewish people. Each and every single individual has a unique role to play. You've often heard me speak about this, but this was the Rebbe's vision. The Rebbe's vision was to put into practice a dream, an idea that we often talk about, but became real as a result of the unbelievable effort of the Rebbe to inspire not only one generation, but generation after generation of Shluchim who voluntarily go out to the entire world and there create their communities and reach out to everyone as we see every single day. It was a time of, well, reconnecting with Chaverim, with old friends, with new friends, and to hear firsthand how things are doing throughout the world. And while, of course, as in every single situation, there are challenges, but we have been taught to realize that challenges are opportunities. Challenges are those doorways through which we go and we can build greater things. An incredibly moving moment at the banquet was when the young son of a shliach, Rabbi Herowitz, in California, who suffers from ALS, complete loss of all muscle activity, he lies in a bed, and he is able to communicate through a special computer that was built for him that works basically on the blink of an eye. And he sent a message to all his colleagues at the Kinnis, which was read by his 13-year-old son. One can only imagine how moving that was. A 13-year-old boy gets up in front of well over 6,500 people and reads with tremendous confidence a message that his father wrote to all the shluchim. And the message that he said was that, yes, challenges, difficulties, enormous difficulties, but these are opportunities. These are the doorways through which we go so that we can grow and grow and build more and more. And while, of course, it's a true concept, but when it comes from an individual who's lying in a bed, almost completely paralyzed, and is able to move his eyelids to send messages, this is truly inspirational. There is authenticity. There is integrity. There is something special in that sort of message. And that message talks to each and every one of us, because there is no one in this world that doesn't have challenges. Each and every one of us those challenges are uniquely created for our own abilities and for our own strengths. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. I'm just going to give you a few highlights, as I mentioned before. Of course, the picture, thousands of people standing on these specially built bleachers, I don't know, Five, six, seven, eight, ten levels high. Thousands of people with a special camera. It's an event all on its own. It takes place on Sunday morning. And people come from all over. The media of New York comes from all over to take pictures of this picture being taken. It's quite unique. I think it's absolutely unique within the greater New York or even America where so many people stand in one picture, each one representing a different place, a different country, a different state, a different city, a different town. 
thousands upon thousands of shluchim coming together and the picture is taken. Of course, the banquet is a huge event and a keynote speaker this year was the ambassador, the United States ambassador to Israel, Ambassador David Friedman. And what a speech he made. He actually received a number of standing ovations because he spoke about what in fact takes place in his life as an ambassador representing the United States of America and the wonderful decisions that the American government has taken in the last, well, last year, year and a half with regard to the status of Israel, Jerusalem, the embassy being moved, and all sorts of things that he's involved in and how, in fact, this impacts upon his life. But then he spoke from his heart. He told us what, in fact, is the most important thing in his life. Those are the Torah classes that he had with the Chabad Shliach in the five towns in New York where he lives and the impact it had on his life, the miraculous impact that it had on his life, and how before every major event as ambassador and in life generally, he goes to the Ohel, to the resting place, to the burial place of the Rebbe of Blessed Memory, lies and asks for a blessing, offers prayers, and he encourages people to go to the Ohel as well. It says not only did it, does it mean so much in his own life, but it's a place where prayers are heard and answered, and he recommends it highly. He spoke about, well, being the ambassador of the most powerful country in the world to the, well, most powerful country in the world. This is a unique unique interaction and relationship and what a privilege it was to hear him speak then of course we heard from other shluchim around the world their efforts what they've accomplished a glimpse into what in fact is taking place and this is an enormous event i mean can you imagine well six and a half thousand people being served a magnificent three-course meal well, in well, really in minutes. It's not as if you have to wait an hour for your meal. There's an army of waiters and chefs and kitchens. It's logistically an enormous undertaking. And in fact, the people who work on this, the volunteers from the Shluchim and the professional staff, they work on this for eight months of the year to find the proper venue. It was a wonderful venue this year in New Jersey, the Exhibition and Conference Center. Of New. You need a room that is large enough to house this type of group, and an event. It's something that you should put into your bucket list. Each and every one of you should actually make a plan of attending the kinnis at least once. And if you want to do that, just contact Chabad Rabbi near you in any of the Chabad houses or the central offices, and you will be told how it's possible for you to attend as well. It's really worthwhile. It is amazing. It is outstanding. It's inspirational. It's overwhelming. But basically, you have a tremendous sense of pride in seeing what, in fact, is really happening in the Jewish world of today. Our Parsha is Toldot. Toldot is an interesting Parsha. It's a Parsha that speaks about Isaac and Rebecca, their prayer for a child, and how she gives birth to the twins, Yaakov and Esau, two individuals, although twins from the same parents, couldn't be more different one from another. Yaakov, of course, is Yoshev Ahalim. He's an individual who's dedicated to spiritual matters, to the study of Torah, to continuing the legacy of his father, 
Yitzchak and his grandfather Abraham. Esav is Ish Tzayid, he's a hunter. He is an individual who unfortunately is influenced by violence and negativity. And how they become two great nations. Edom, of course, the father of great and powerful nations with strong armies, huge wealth, and much land that they control. Yaakov becomes the wandering Jew. He is the individual who works hard in order to achieve whatever he gets, as we know the story with his uncle, Lovin, etc., etc. But the Parsha begins with an interesting statement that gives us insight into fact what is really happening over here. It says that these are the offspring, told us, these are the children of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, Avraham who gave birth to Yitzchak. It repeats it. Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, Avraham who gave birth to Yitzchak, because although both of them had their own unique characters, Avraham was Ish Chesed, a man who was absolutely and totally dedicated to kindness, hospitality, reaching out to each and every one, as we've talked about in the past few weeks. He had the tent with four doors open on each side in order to welcome any type of wanderers throughout the desert or wherever he lived to bring them into his home, to offer him hospitality, shelter, food, drink, a place to relax for a while. Avraham is the symbol of chesed. Avraham is the ultimate expression of chesed. As we are told by our sages, that chesed at its highest level, the dimension of chesed, came to God and said, you no longer need me because Avraham has taken over my task in this world. Avraham has, in fact, bettered me in the sense that he is the individual that represents kindness, chesed, in the fullest sense of the word. Yitzchak, on the other hand, is gevura. Gevura means strength. Uh, well, not necessarily in a negative sense, not in a negative sense at all. Gevura means discipline. Gevura means effort. Gevura means hard work. And as I said, while each one had their own particular character and contributed to the world, Whatever they did based upon that character, nonetheless, the Torah repeats, Yitzchak the son of Abraham, Abraham gave birth to Yitzchak, because each one received from the other as well. Although Abraham was chesed, he had a dimension of Gevurah as well to a certain degree, and Yitzchak, the son of Abraham, who was Gevurah, severity, received chesed and used that as well. But nonetheless, each one worked in this world in a particular sort of way based upon the character of their lives, what defined them as individuals. Avraham reached out to everybody. Chesed is kindness. There is no barrier. You just reach out to each and every single individual. Yitzhak had that as well. But this was the essential effort of Avraham and his message of ethical monotheism transformed the world. Thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, flocked to him to hear his message, to receive his kindness. They came to him in huge numbers because they recognized and realized what he was talking about. What he actually exemplified in life was the concept of one God and an ethical system upon which to express that faith in a practical sort of way. Yitzchak, on the other hand, also reached out to a great many people. In fact, he reached out to the very same people that Avraham had brought into their midst, but he did it in a different way. He demanded from each and every one of them effort. 
the dedication to hard work. You know, very often we hear an inspirational speech. The rabbi gave a tremendous sermon. We go home, we're inspired, we talk about it, but a week later it's forgotten. In order for inspiration to have meaning and purpose, it must be followed up with hard work. And this is why symbolically we talk about the wells that Avraham had dug in order to provide water in that barren land, in that land of drought to so many people. Uh, but his neighbors were jealous. The Palishtim were very jealous of Avraham. And they stopped, they filled, they filled those wells with stones and sand so nobody could have the benefit. Yes, of course, Avraham was concerned with the overall, overall good that he could bring to so many people. But the Palishtim based upon jealousy and to cut their noses to spite their face, filled those, they filled those wells with stone and sand. Whereas Yitzchak, Yitzchak came back and re-dug his father's wells to indicate he is not going to simply allow that incredible effort to be lost. He will ensure that the water will flow again through the effort, through hard work of reopening, re-digging, re-exposing those wells and bringing water, goodness, blessing to everybody. Yitzchak demanded a tremendous sense of discipline and effort because, as mentioned before, inspiration, as great as it is, can be fleeting. It comes, it goes, it talks to you, but doesn't last. In order for inspiration to become real, for the message that you hear to become relevant and personal, it needs tremendous effort. The effort of a mitzvah, the effort of Torah study, the effort of doing something in order to expose within yourself that particular message that you heard. You heard something of greatness, you heard something of importance, you heard something that touched you in order for it to become real. It's necessary for you to do something about it. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the idea that Yitzchak was a man of Gevurah, a man of discipline, and demanded effort on the part of the individual who was going to receive something. Avraham, <coughs> excuse me, Avraham reached out to everybody. Yitzchak also reached out to everybody, but from all those that he reached out, he demanded effort, intellectual effort, Simple action, profound action, mitzvah Torah study, whatever he demanded from the individuals that he inspired. And this is why we find something incredibly interesting when it comes to the blessings that he gave to, to Yaakov, his son Yaakov. He said, God will give you. God will give you tremendous benefits, tremendous benefits spiritually, materially, <coughs> tremendous benefits in every single area of life. But, as Rashi points out, why does he use the word Elohim, which is the God of justice? After all, he is giving a blessing. He is giving a powerful blessing. Why use the term of God that refers to God in a state of judge and justice? And Rashi explained, based upon what our sages tell us, that this was not simply a gift. Here it is. You have to deserve this gift. You have to work for it. It takes a tremendous amount of effort. If, in fact, you will continue to follow the ways of God, if in fact, you will be dedicated to Hashem, His values, His teaching, His orders, His instructions. Then you will receive this incredible gift that we say every 
Motzei Shabbat Saturday night after we do Havdalah, we speak about V'yiten Lecha, this incredible blessing that he gave to Jacob and to each and every one of us, which lasts to this very day. But in order for us to appreciate blessing, in order for us to receive the fullness of blessing, it takes tremendous effort. Because effort, after all, opens up with in us, each and every one of us, a tremendous receptacle for greatness and for goodness. Effort is something where we partner with the one who is giving us something. Yes, we can be given a gift, and to receive a gift is a wonderful thing. But at the same time, when you earn something, when you do something and you've earned it, that, in fact, is at a much higher level. Yes, Sages tell us that even with a gift, in order to receive a gift, you must have done something proper, something good. But when there is the input of effort on the part of the individual who receives, whether it's a relationship, whether it's anything in life, when there is the input of effort, the relationship becomes far more powerful. It's not only that you receive, that you take, because sometimes just taking can in fact turn us into parasites. We receive, we take, we enjoy the wonderful things that Hashem gives us that this world has to offer. But in order for us to truly earn it, to deserve it, it takes tremendous effort. And this is why it uses the Elohim element, God as judge, because he will judge our behavior and he will come to whatever conclusion he does based upon that. And this incredible blessing that is eternal, that has, in fact, been with us generation after generation, place by place. It is something which transcends time and place. It's something which remains with us forever and effort. The effort that we put in is something which is so powerful that enables us to receive in the fullest sense of the word. And this is why it's an incredible Parsha. We didn't have enough time to go through so many of the interesting details of the Parsha. Uh, the conflict between Esau and Yaakov, the relationship between Rebecca and Yitzchak and how they each pray for a child, Yaakov going off to a new journey, Yaakov going off to a new world in order to earn the place of being the third patriarch, the third of our fathers. And not only does he earn a place, but in fact he becomes the ultimate, the ultimate patriarch. He is Pchirsheba, but we'll talk about that more next week. But we take a look at the lives of these individuals and how it interplays with each other and with us. As I always tell you, listen to the Parsha of the Week because you will hear in those stories, in those words, in those instructions, you will hear something personal. And you have to make the effort to make it relevant, to make it real in your own life. You have to work hard, not only to be inspired by something, wonderful words, wonderful ideas, wonderfully articulated. No, that's not nearly enough. You have to hear the Parsha and to listen carefully. What message is it telling me individually? Not only me as, well, one of the people of this great nation, but me individually. And in order to do that, it takes effort. It takes honesty. It takes integrity. You see what you need. You see what, in fact, is lacking in your life. You see what, in fact, is necessary in order for you to grow and ultimately to become complete. 
Listen carefully. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully from the beginning, from Toldot, right at the beginning to the very end of the parsha. Listen to each and every single word. Put your mind to it. Listen to the conflict of Esau and Jacob. Listen to the prayers of Isaac and Rebekah. Listen to the courage of Yaakov undertaking a journey in a very hostile environment. Listen to each and every single detail. Make it relevant. Make it your own. Make it something which is special. Good Chodesh and good Shabbos.